Welcome back, everyone. This is MageCast 10 at long last, and we have gone through a reformatting, a rebranding, and uh, we are looking to get some serious content out this year. Uh, we're going to go to half an hour format and try and keep it more regular than it was before. Yay. Uh, so we are linking this together with Arcane Duels now, and uh, I'm here as Puddinhead. And I'm here as Sharkbait. Sharkbait. That's who I'm dressed uh, as today. You're dressed as Sharkbait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, slip of the tongue there. Uh, no, and I'm, this Magecast is all about a Zipaladin. Yeah, Paladin. Mostly it's going to focus on builds that we have used, though. And we'll talk about a few of the other ones, but we're going to describe our two. And then if you... Uh, have you powered and build of your own you've been using lately? Actually, it'd be cool to have comments in the thread that we post this in, so be able to look out for that. Absolutely. All right, so I played a Paladin at Mace, yep. and you, subsequently after Mace, um, built a Paladin that you used to good effect in the ADMW. Yes, I have used... That's about the only place I've used a Paladin in a tournament. I've used... I mean, I've had probably 20-ish practice games with him, though. Prior to that tournament game, yes. So um, my paladin went through a whole lot of iterations because we were still figuring out how this thing worked. Oh yeah, you started um, with him at the time, um, but um, I originally had it um, as a kind of couple smaller buddies, but I it I figured out that it didn't really work very well that way. I I didn't want to play the support. I wanted to get in there and, and beat things up. Punch him in um, the face. That's right. So um, I switched to more self-sufficient creatures, um, things that had, as I called them, big butts. Um, so I, I kind of shied away from Knight of Westlock and went with stuff that had 12 to 15 hit points. And that landed me squarely on the shoulders of Allendale, the boss knight. The eventually. boss. I love Allendale. Yes. Um, the reason I settled on Allendale is because a lot of the time, um, first off, he's a great creature, and Akira's favor is in school for the Paladin, and uh, when you use Allendale's ability, uh, you can pump it up up to four times, and each time he gets plus one melee and plus one to his effect roll, and his effect roll is a stun chance. Um, and if you pump it up four, you have a 50% stun on him base, and then Akira's Favor reroll allows you to have another 50% chance after that, which works out to 75% stun chance. Which is absolutely ridiculous, but it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so I leaned heavily on Allendale uh, in my book, and I backed him up with um, Cassiel and occasionally Artemis, and I went in together with him um, as my paladin. I actually thought that Artemis play was really interesting. I remember a couple of those iterations. Yeah, uh, I, I figured I didn't want to be the one that ran in there into the death trap, so I could poke from outside and then make them commit if I got enough chance to put both those creatures out there. I figured having like two to three creatures aside from the paladin was kind of optimal. Um, but that's how I ran it. You decided on something a little different. 
It was only a little bit different. I actually, believe it or not, was inspired by the Mace book and took it a little bit different direction because as much as you didn't want to play support, and I noticed a lot of times in the Mace tournament, you were playing a little more support than I wanted to play even. Um, I, with the Warlock background, I tend to run pretty close to zero creature support. <laughs> um, and so I... I did throw Cassiel in for that job if we needed it, but the only support I really did with Allendale was cast Akira's favor on him and let him go swing at things while I dealt with everything else. Um, and so the idea was to have Allendale, and if necessary, I was going to cast Cassiel. Um, that ended up being a mid... I wouldn't say mid-game, but like in-the-game decision. It wasn't like a I was going to go in knowing I was going to cast Cassiel. Um, actually, in the game that I use him in, I ended up didn't I didn't cast Cassiel. Yeah, uh, I ended up being the better play not to. Uh, most of it focused on. However, in getting... that game, you did play a lot of support. I did play a lot of support, but I was also Tanglevine, so I played more than I expected to. Right. But the idea that I had originally was built around getting out the lightsaber, which is really called the Sword of Radiance. Sword of Radiance. Thank you. Sword of Radiance. I like to call it the lightsaber. Um, <laughs> it's a sword so you, you that get does that out. damage. Right. So if you get that out, you can buff it pretty quickly to uh, 8 dice of damage. And if you are maxing Allendale, you're also rolling 8 dice of damage. And there are very few creatures that stand up to 16 dice of damage from two big heavy hitters for very long. And so one of the things that I've noticed about the Paladin is if you can get an aura or two rolling, it's really tough to stop him. It become, kind of becomes a juggernaut. And so, the idea is to get a high-level creature, or, you know, to kill a high-level creature fast while right. you have the Signet Ring on and challenge it so you can get some serious Valor generation going. Yeah, we should probably talk about how that whole mechanic works. Right, um, and so that's what I was going to, I think we should say we into that. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so the Paladin's main resource uh, is, of course, mana because he's a mage, but his secondary resource is Valor. And uh, as anybody who has the set knows, there are a bunch of different ways to generate that valor. Um, there's passive, uh, kind of more passive defensive ways to do it, uh, more supporty ways to do it, and then there's more aggressive ways to do it. Uh, and it's all based on what gear you take and equip yourself with. Um, built in base, he's got the gain valor for melee attacking the strongest enemy creature. And if you don't know what strongest is, it is the creature that has the highest mana cost on the opponent's side of the board. Yep. And if there's a tie, then both of them can count for it. Yes, and they can count at different times. Yes. Uh, it's when you are making an attack or uh, generating an effect that has to deal with strongest, uh, you get to choose at that moment what the strongest creature is if there is a tie. The great thing about this is that unlike Wounded Prey, um, it also works on the mage, but it only works on the mage if the mage is the only creature on the board, because right, so mage has a mana cost of zero. Right, it definitely encourages you to attack the biggest creatures on the board that are not the mage. It's, the, it's one of the weird ones where you, you it's really optimal to not attack the mage first. Yeah, Which you I don't want to go for the throat right away. You want to deal with the threats and then seal the deal. Um, and one of the best tools that I've found uh, for dealing with the threats and um, getting the, all that valor generated is the um, 
Signet of the Dawnbreaker. Is that right? Signet Absolutely. Of Signet of the Dawnbreaker is the ring. It's not the discount ring because it's not. It doesn't it's work the same as the other ones. But it's a generation ring because as as we talked about earlier, if you kill the the challenge the the creature that you have challenged with the paladin's ability, then you gain valor equal to its level. Um, you also gain a mana for attacking it. Uh, yeah. whenever you melee attack it. So that's Energy sort of like a attack. mana generation as well. Once per round, anytime you attack with anything, that creature... Oh, yeah, it doesn't have to be melee. Get a mana. So one of my favorite tricks is to um, hit it... It has to be a huge creature, right? Something you want to hit multiple times with lots of dice. So hit it with Allendale to stun it, and then challenge it so that it can't hit you back hit it really hard with your paladin, and then in the next um, quick cast, Luminous Blast the thing. Yep. And usually, the creature's dead at that point. Yeah, it, that's a lot of dice, especially, I mean, commonly to buff up the lightsaber, you're going to run a Dawnbreaker ring. Yep. And sometimes you'll also run Malachi's Basilica, which I've been becoming a bigger and bigger fan of since playing the paladin, actually. Um, it wasn't from the paladin, it was from a different book, but the Malachi's Basilica has another die to that attack. Um, yeah. And that adds to both Luminous Blast and the lightsaber. That's true. And, you know, the classic bear strength is, is oh, yeah. another that's, buff. That's one of, the, one of the great buffs to put on the Paladin. I might also suggest that instead of Leather Gauntlets, you use the, the Attack Gauntlets. Oh, I, there's no might about it. I think that's an absolutely... I wouldn't even say necessary, but it's a ridiculously strong play because of the dancing that they will have to do to get rid of your sword. Yeah, you want champion's gauntlets to get that sword protected and get those rings protected, honestly. Yes, yes. Um, because the Dawn, uh, Dawnbreaker's ring, the one that adds plus to light damage, works on both Luminous Blast and your sword, um, which means you can benefit from it twice in the same round. It's yep. pretty cool. It can add a whole bunch of dice real quick. And so, yeah, the idea, like, like we were talking, you were describing earlier, is to effectively use the signet of the dawnbreaker to generate lots of valor from attacking the strongest creature with a ton of dice so here's a scenario let's say you have a um a skeletal knight on the other team on the other side um you would um knock its defense off somehow (laughs) (laughs) and and then um you can if if it's challenged you can, and it's the strongest creature on the field, you can generally, generally hit it with the sword uh, and get your reroll on it. So the sword also gets plus versus non-living. So you've got four for the sword, one for the ring, one for the, uh, or two for the bear strength, so that's seven, um, and then plus two for non-living, um, which is nine dice against the skeletal knight. And um, you get your paladin's reroll, which means that um, any any of the dice that you roll, you can pick and choose. I don't want that one, I don't want that one, I don't want that one. And you can re-roll those specific dice once. Um, you should be able to one-shot that thing. Um, and so the Skeletal Knight is level 3. So the Signet of Dawnbreaker gives you 3 mana. Or uh, 3 mana. 1 mana for hitting it. <laughs> and then 3 Valor for killing it. You also get a Valor for... Um, attacking the strongest enemy creature, which is four valor, 
plus uh, you will have rolled more than five damage with your Paladin's Sword, which is another Valor. Uh, so that is five Valor in one attack action, and the highest level aura only costs six to activate. So if you spend a little time gearing yourself up, you can really pump that aura out yeah, quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Just do some serious damage. And um, some of the testing games that I had with, uh, with the Roberto version... Um, we discovered that the Paladin is really, really good at taking out things like Water Elemental, which is normally a really yep. tough thing to kill because it has 16 life and it's resilient. However, um, the bonus versus non-living, combined with bear strength, combined with all the other buffs you put onto the Paladin, can and the, the re-roll from the challenge means that you're, you're going to put some serious hurt on that thing. And a lot of times it's not worth the 20-something mana they invested in it. And you get six dollar out of it. <laughs> yeah. Plus, then you can luminous blast it in the next. Right. I mean, it's upkeep, and you might actually kill. It's it. actually one of those like I've killed water elemental. I've never killed a water elemental that quick with any other mage. It's. I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying the paladin's got it easier than others. I think. And so. I believe I have taken out the Shulsteep crocodile rather rapidly with my yes. paladin. Yes. Well. I mean, a lot of the big creatures are are dangerous to play against the paladin because of the fact that he can just come up and throw some serious hurt down and so the way we can go into ways to mitigate that later from the other side but it's you got to find a way to stop him from hitting things like that because he can do a ton of damage and then if he does it he gets a big benefit in the form of a ton of valor yep and that valor is turned into more pain for you right um because you're either either he's going to be way harder to damage his creatures are going to be harder to take care of, or he's just going to hit you even harder. Right, and so that's a good time to actually um, talk about the auras right now. Yep, why don't you go through. So we'll start with the top. There's, there's um, The way auras work, there's three tokens of auras with two sides. So you can pick um, one from either side. There are two that cost three valor and one that costs six. All right. So the first ones that cost three are the Retribution Aura and the Martyr's Aura. The Retribution Aura... Um, actually makes enemies take damage for casting incantations or enchantments. They take one direct light damage regardless of the line of sight. The Martyr's Aura is uh, whenever a friendly creature in the Paladin zone takes damage from an enemy attack, you can transfer two to the Paladin himself. So if you want to protect your buddy, uh, we'll call him Allendale, just for picking a random name here, I don't know who that would be, um, you can pull two damage off of him that he takes and put it onto your Paladin instead if you're trying to do that. Now if you combine this with stuff like Lifelink... Um, you can keep him alive for a very long time. Right, and there's a lot of other ways to heal that damage off as well as the Paladin, so like a regrowth right. or even uh, just a normal minor heal. I mean, you're talking five dice in school, five mana healing. Yep. Um, the yep. other th- three cost uh, auras that you can choose from are, be- or, excuse me, are called the Cleansing and the Solar Aura. So Cleansing, effectively, is a, is a minor healing spell. You can cast it as a quick action. It's a healing spell action. The Paladin may pay one Valor to heal a friendly target in his own two damage and remove a poison condition. Um, times that I have used this one, for example, are when Allendale has many weeks or even a week stacked on him. So that way there he rolls less yep. dice. Um, the Aura makes it so I can just pay a Valor for a quick healing spell and remove that plus two dice of damage. Yep, it does take your quick action, though, which is important right. to know. But it doesn't take any spellbook points, which is the important part. Um, that is also the, the the opposite side of that is the solar aura, where a friendly creature in the paladin zone, whenever it makes a light attack, he can pay one valor and add two to the effect roll. 
if uh, it deals damage at all, the defender takes an additional damage. So a way to yep, use that could be uh, Light of Dawn spam, but I haven't tried that one yet, so I don't yep. know if it works. <laughs> Let's see, Light of Dawn. Is there anything else that has... Um, I mean, the Paladin himself does light damage with his Paladin sword. Paladin himself... Ooh, that's a good point. He can actually do that, too. I thought Messenger, Messenger of Bimshala has a light attack, too, right? Messenger of Bimshala does, and I think Joseph Trueblood might? The guy from oh, yeah. Grimoire? Oh, uh, yeah. High Priest? Yeah, I think he might as well. Um, either way, any of those guys, if they have a light attack and do damage, they will do an additional damage if you pay the Valor. Which, I mean, if you're doing that much damage, you, you may stack Valor up anyway. So. Yeah. Okay, and those are the two... Oops, sorry, well, what? It, well, yeah, and, and eventually you do run out of things to use oh, yeah, Valor on. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've, I've had that in pretty close to every game I've played with the Paladin. Um, the other auras that you can choose from are the six Valor auras. These are the real big... Uh, heavy ones the Paladin's known for, and the ones that I like personally the best. Because you can choose from the Resolute Aura, which gives everyone, including the Paladin, in his zone, the Tough Minus 2 trait. And every other, like all of his friendly creatures, but not the Paladin, get Armor Plus 2. So, you can help, if you're running like a smaller swarm of little guys, you can give them all Tough Minus 2 and Armor Plus 2 to keep them alive longer. And that can be pretty devastating, yep. even if only, you know... Three of them live a little bit longer to do an extra attack. It's a lot of dice. Yep, and if you combine that with the Martyr's Aura, so then they do take damage, you actually take the damage for them, you can keep a small group alive for a yes. very long time. And then you can consolidate all that damage into one space and hit yourself right. with a heal. Or have Cassie That's more of a support heal. style, but it's totally something that's viable, I think. I just haven't explored very much of that. Because now we're coming up onto my right. favorite aura of the bunch, and that's the Vengeful Aura. Um, that's the one where friendly creatures in the Paladin zone gain melee plus one and piercing two on their melee attacks. That includes the Paladin. So hey, buddy Allendale, yep. how many dice do you want to roll? <laughs> let's roll yeah, nine. Let's roll nine. Oh yeah, you know what? I'll back you up with my lightsaber doing the same thing. Oh, and the piercing two? Man. It is... It is a That's rough combo. If they can get that Vengeful Aura out and they're throwing some dice down already on you, you have... I mean, if you're already on the back foot, you're going to have trouble recovering from that. It's just... Yeah, because, I mean, one Rust and Vengeful Aura means that you... Four, four armor, armor mitigated. You need more... Yeah, four armor is gone. And not including Critical Strike that just came out in Lost Grimoire. Three. That could make oh, it even worse. Nuts. It's, there, there's so many... It is a very much a spiral down from there. I've not seen too many games where the Paladin has lost that because the recovery from that is really difficult. Not saying it can't happen, I'm just saying commonly when this aura gets out, it's ridiculous for the Paladin. Very, very strong yep. when that happens. It's good. So, one of the things, like I mentioned earlier, one of the points of the book, Roberto is what I'm calling because he was built for stabbing, like the guy from Futurama, who he's named after. Um... <laughs> The point is to get that aura out as early as possible, keep using that to control the battlefield, and acquire more resources, whether it's aura, whether it's mana, whether it's time, whether it doesn't matter what it is, and then at some point make it so that you just go start clobbering on the mage because that's all that's left. Yeah. I think, interestingly enough, I think that both the paladin and the um, druid work the same way. Like, you just, you deal with their threats, and then you eventually win. From a grand st strategy standpoint, I think you're right. Yeah. I think they go about dealing with the threats oh, in different yeah. ways, but yeah. I could see 
the similarities of the two. Yeah, whereas several other mages just they they got to go for the throat and mitigate the threats. Um, I'm thinking about the Force Master usually Force plays that way. A good example and, of that, yeah. Um, I think also the the Siren kind of works that way a little bit too. Yeah. So we have a couple more minutes. So so let's talk about some of the excuse me the support spells you like to put into your book to pretty much enha- well, to enhance. Well, we can't the talk idea. about the Paladin without talking about Crusade Banner. That's definitely true. Uh, Crusade Banner is a very unique spawn point. It channels two mana, and it it summons exactly two creatures once only. Um, there have been several schools of thought with how to use this, and I think both of them are very viable if you build your book around it. Yeah, I think it depends um, on how you build the book. The first one that everyone thinks about, of course, is to drop it in your corner and protect it until you can get two Knights of Westlock out for basically free. Um, that works, and the Paladin has a shield which lets him intercept, and if he does intercept, then he gets Valor. Yeah. So you can build yourself up that way. One other very interesting, and I think really cool way to use this, the banner, is you're going to be hitting things with the Paladin, right? Which means that you have a potential for saving up some mana between turns. You can, on the last quick cast of a round drop Crusade Banner right on top of the enemy, and then during the next deploy, instantly spawn two full action spell, or creatures, um, using up your reserve. Yep. Um, Generally, people think of a full action, uh, I mean, think of Meditation Amulet. A full action gets you three mana, right? So, the Crusade Banner costs seven, and channels two. So you're spending five extra mana to get two full actions, which is, is really cheap. It's a, it's it's a good really deal, cheap. especially considering the tempo swing you get when you have two more creatures the next turn right. as well. I mean, all of a sudden you have two more creatures than the enemy. If you guys were neck and neck, you're just, you just pull ahead. Yeah, by a lot. Significantly ahead. Yeah. Especially if you drop it in the middle of where your paladin is and you've got some auras buffing the creatures already. Right. Um, I like to follow so a similar Crusade Banner, that one. Think about it and do awesome things with it. One of the other spells that I think we we probably have to talk about for, at this point, almost every book, I was going to say every holy book, but at this point, every book almost, is the Pillar of Righteous Flame. Um, the, uh, <laughs> for yeah. the mere price of nine, you're talking about a potential... A f- an unlimited potential of four dice An unlimited attacks. potential, but likely four attacks at four dice... With a seven to eight days chance and a nine up burn chance, with extra dice against non-living creatures, this thing is a monster for nine mana. <laughs> it is a quick cast, a level two. It, add in Malachi's Basilica, and you roll. I mean, it just gets. Like, there's a lot of ways, a lot of good synergies to go with this thing. And honestly, I've seen this thing run in dark books, and it's it's easily worth the points. I'm not. <laughs> it's not a weird thing to see that because this this spell is really good. Um, right. It, it's a light attack. It's it, it, For those who don't know, it is a big pillar of flame that attacks the zone. You pick an enemy in, in the zone, you attack them once. Every time it removes a dissipate, it'll attack again. And any time an enemy creature enters, it'll also attack them. So the, yep. the damage potential is pretty ridiculous. I am... I can't wait to pull this out in my Force Master book. Oh, man. Because you can make sure that those guys get pulled right back into that Pillar Absolutely. of Righteous Flame over Just and over again. Just keep messing with them. That Force pulls. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
throw him out and then pull him back what? in. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, throw him out and pull him back in. Oh man, I can think oh, of so many man. fun teleport trap ways to do with that too. Just messing around with that. <laughs> You're so good. No, it, yeah, that's an excellent uh, point. That spell is amazing. So, um, yeah. Um, I guess we, we already talked a little bit about Allendale. It's another card I, I have auto-included into my Paladin because of the way I play him. Uh, so we'll, I, I don't think any holy book should be without him. And honestly, I would not be surprised to see him in a lot of other books because he is a pillar of strength that you can just lean absolutely. on. Absolutely. He is a ridiculously strong creature, and yeah, I mean, at first it looks like a lot of mana investment into him because you're paying four mana a turn to get his effect, but it's, in my experience, it has been worth it every time. Yep, he's, he is very good. Um, um, another another Force Master creature. Yep. Do you have any more, uh, any more, I would say, required spells that we haven't covered yet? Not even required, but... Well, we should talk about the Holy Armor. Ah, that's a good the point. The Radiant Breastplate. I do like that one. The Radiant Breastplate. Um, is a level 2 holy armor. Gives you 2 armor, just like every other piece of armor. But it's level 2 because um, you can, at the end of your action, you can pay 2 mana to put yourself on guard. With the Paladin, this is amazing. Absolutely. Because not only can you actually hit your challenge and do significant damage to it, but then you can put yourself on guard so that when your challenge target does hit you back... Hit him back again! You you get a tower attack. And if you are the one that kills your challenge, and if you have that signet on, you get all that valor. And you want to be the one that kills that challenge. Absolutely. For sure. Um, it's also another way to protect your creatures. Um, I think this is an excellent armor for the priest yes, as well. I love putting this into my priest. Force them to attack your priest so that your holy avenger gets damage in. Yep. It is, I, I love running anyway. this in my priest, actually. That's one of the other places I was going to mention with the Radiant Breastplate. It's fantastic for that. Yeah, Radiant Breastplate is a very yep. good spell. And then, of course, there's Champion's Gauntlets. Yep, we've, we mentioned um, those. Those are, I think those are hugely important to anybody who can run those, which I think are War Mages, right? Just War Mages? Yes. Confirmed, War Mages. They're awesome. They're very good. It, it really, it, it's a speed bump in the way of taking out your equipment. it can be combined with other speed which bumps, which is the crazy part. Rely very heavily yeah, on equipment. You can combine so. with the other speed bumps, which is the, the, the insane part of it, too. Um, uh, yes. uh, actually, yes, I have one more thing. Uh, Chant of Rage is ridiculously useful for everyone. pretty much any mage, but I mean, the Paladin, the way I pl at least the way I play him specifically anymore, is that I can choose the first thing that's going to die as long as, it, I mean, assuming it's not psychic me, I can choose the first living thing that's going to die. <laughs> you know, you, ch you cast Chant of Rage on him, you make him run two to you, and then you just clock him with yourself in Allendale. It's, it's an amazing use, an amazing ability. Mm -hmm. um, people are going to have to really be careful about that spell in the future. I mean, it's yeah, it's one of those that's going to it's gonna be huge everywhere. It won't just be Paladin books, but it's one of those to be on the lookout for. It's not even holy. I mean, it's mind... No, <laughs> it's mind or dark. <laughs> Another interesting combination for the Paladin is if you Song of Love, your challenge target, they can't attack you. Oh, yeah, they don't get the reroll. So, and that's in school. <laughs> yeah, that is holy. So it costs you one spellbook point to Song of Love your challenge target and then just kill it before it can do anything. Absolutely. Um, um, so yeah, we've we've covered pretty much all the bases that we consider to be, I would say, core to the Paladin. Um, we would love to hear comments on what you guys think also should be played. There are a few other variants. I know we've seen at least 
an endurance build that's been played I've seen twice in the uh, ADMW tournament so far. It's another variant on Guard the Crusade Banner and Gear Up with the Battle It was the Guard the Temple of Asira. Yeah, because you can use the Temple of Asira as a paladin. Yep, it was a similar idea. So I've seen Temple of Asira paladins, I've seen a few of the other ones. So if you have any comments on how you'd like to play it or how you'd like to see or whether you've had some success with something, go ahead and leave it in the in the thread, and we'll see if we can get some discussion going with that, because sometimes it's, you know, it is fun to talk about Mage Wars, but it's more fun to have a dialogue than just us talking at you. <laughs> what? I don't want feedback. Right, so, <laughs> we would love to hear from you guys. Um, True. Comments are welcome. And I think that wraps up our Paladin episode, so thank you for listening and bearing with us in the long hiatus that we had. It's been uh, an interesting couple of months. Yeah, we got a lot of work to do. Yeah, we'll right. be back somewhat regularly. Yes, to do this regularly, and we will enjoy interacting with you on the content. Absolutely. So, this is uh, the Magecast signing out. When in doubt, kill it with fire. Dice OP.